like to welcome everyone tonight. And in particular, if you are a guest tonight, we welcome you to this service. We are so glad to have you, and we thank you for being with us on this Sunday evening. For those of you that may be joining us online, we welcome you as a part of this service and pray that you're blessed by it wherever you may be. Amen. I believe that God is already working in this service tonight, and I believe there is more that He is going to do. I'm not here tonight to just preach a message I, to the best of my ability. I always try to preach what I believe God has given me, but I, I feel like there's some things God wants to do in this place from the moment brother middleton picked up the microphone for prayer you could feel something moving in this sanctuary and i don't think that is a coincidence praise god i'm going to start a little bit different than the norm tonight so you may be seated i'm about to read some stuff that if you are pro global warming don't get excited. If you are anti-global warming, don't get mad. Because ultimately, I'm not here for either pro or against global warming. And in fact, some of you may think I'm crazy when you hear what I'm for. But nevertheless, I... I I did not do some hours and hours of in-depth study and research. Quite honestly, I just did a little bit of quick Googling. So I'm not here tonight to present a doctoral thesis. I'm just here to give a little bit of what seems to be a very easy um, study with some simple evidence or at least opinions. According to an article in National Geographic News several years ago, this was actually 2007, it says the number of Atlantic hurricanes that form each year has doubled over the past century. And I'm just reading. And global warming is largely to blame according to a new study. Is there a microphone somebody's playing around with somewhere or something? Is something is that on or something? There's a rustling. Sounds like a mic. I don't know. Maybe it's something's in my head. According to the National Environmental Educational Foundation, the intensity of North Atlantic hurricanes and the number of Category 4 and 5 hurricanes have increased since the 80s. While there is uncertainty as to whether the frequency and duration of hurricanes will increase, scientists project that storm intensity and rainfall rates will increase in the future. Hurricane-related impacts can be magnified by other environmental factors such as increasing sea levels. 
Additionally, a growing concentration of people and properties in coastal areas where hurricanes strike can result in increased damages when these storms make landfall. For example, sea levels rose a foot over the last century off the coast of New York City. As a result, the storm surge, flooding, and associated damages to infrastructure and communities were more severe when Hurricane Sandy hit than they would have been a few decades ago. According to an article in Slate.com, a new study just published in Nature Communication shows a worrisome trend. The number of severe tornado outbreaks is increasing with time. According to the University of Chicago News, an article online says, the frequency of large-scale tornado outbreaks is increasing in the United States, particularly when it comes to the most extreme events, according to research recently published in Science. The study by researchers, including Joel E. Cohen, a visiting scholar at the University of Chicago, finds the increase in tornado outbreaks does not appear to be the result of a warming climate as earlier models suggested. Instead, their findings tie the growth in frequency to trends in the vertical wind shear found in certain supercells, a change not so far associated with a warmer climate. Quote, what's pushing this rise in extreme outbreaks during which the vast majority of tornado-related fatalities occur is far from obvious in the present state of climate science, end quote, said Cohen. What's pushing the rise in extreme outbreaks during which the vast majority of tornado-related fatalities occur is far from obvious in the present state of climate science. And I will tell you it's a little bit of a secret into where I'm about to go. The problem is, Mr. Cohen, you can't find the, the answer to the increasing number of tornadoes in science. According to a Newsweek article, the new year could bring an increase in massive and devastating earthquakes. Research from October suggested. But as our prediction of earthquake becomes better, so does our ability to prepare for these natural disasters. According to Science Magazine, Earth's rotation began to slow nearly five years ago, which means that if this theory is true, 2018 could bring two to five more magnitude seven earthquakes than usual. It's not about the climate, but the problem of drugs is on the increase. Problems with alcohol are on the increase. Problems with addiction to pornography is on the increase. Mass shootings. I did a little bit of reading on that. They say the number of mass shootings has not necessarily increased, but the number of people killed in mass shootings have increased. The world wants to blame 
the changes in the climate and the increased severe weather on global warming. But I think the answer to the problems that I just touched on, and there's others that could be touched on, but I believe the answer, Mr. Cohen, can be found in Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse number 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I know that's an extremely simple and somewhat obvious statement, but the majority of us in this room tonight do not live with a clear revelation that we are. We are the children of God. The reason I say most of us don't have a grasp on that is because most of us live far below our privilege as children. But the Scripture says... The Spirit bears witness that we are the children of God. And if children, then what? Heirs. Heirs of who? Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. I, I, I might be mistaken, but I don't know of anybody in this room tonight that you are an heir, naturally speaking, of something that when you finally get it, it is going to just absolutely, completely change your world. I don't think we have any descendants of Bill Gates here or Warren Buffett or... Anybody else that you are an heir. But can I tell you tonight, you and I are heirs of something far greater than any natural person. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, we may be glorified together for I reckon we got a few folks come from the south that know that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us anybody suffering anything tonight Anybody going through some suffering tonight? Do you have a, gl- a glimpse of the fact that whatever the present suffering you're going through cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed? On Thursday night, when the Washington Capitals hoisted the Stanley Cup, All of the sacrifice that had gone in 
for those guys throughout their lives was instantly made worth it by the glory that was revealed in that moment. Whatever it is you're suffering, as long as you're suffering for Christ, and you know, some of us are suffering because of what we cause, but but the things that I am suffering in this present are not worthy to be compared to the glory which is going to be revealed. Here we go, verse 19. Here, here, here is the start to me of the explanation of what is being, of what I addressed in the beginning. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is not waiting for an increase in the number of believers. It's not waiting for an increase in church attendance or church membership. But creation is waiting for a manifestation. Could I say a demonstration of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. That means nature, creation, has been subjected to some things against its choice. It, it, it didn't have a say in the matter. It, it, it did not contribute to the reason why it had to happen. But the, crea- the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Call me crazy if you want to. Write me off as a wacko if you want to. But I believe, I I can't give you some long, drawn-out intellectual explanation of this, but I believe that somehow nature itself knows that what it is hosting in this earth right now, the ungodliness, the immorality, the rejection of God, that somehow creation knows itself that that's not what it was created for. The Bible says if we hold our peace, even the rocks will cry out. That that seems to say somehow even inanimate rocks, if human beings don't do their job for what they were created for, the rocks will step in and do that job. Because somehow creation understands ultimately I was made for His glory. I wasn't made to have to, to be the host to all of this stuff that's going on. Y'all will believe that the weather's changing because of global warming, but you won't believe that. Something's wrong. So here, here it is. This is, this is the verse. 
call me what you want to call me, label me what you want to label me. But I believe this verse right here is the explanation as to why there are increased earthquakes and why there are increased hurricanes and why there are increased tornadoes and why there are volcanoes that are erupting. Because we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Creation is groaning and travailing for the manifestation of the sons of God. The Amplified says it this way, verse number 19, For even the whole creation... All nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. Creation is not worth waiting on churches to come up with a better program to offset declining attendance. Creation is not waiting on churches to get cooler lights and smoke and better sound to offset the decrease in church attendance and new believers. Creation is waiting for God's sons to be made known. It waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. Oh, Jesus. For the creation, nature, was subjected to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it, yet with the hope that nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. Here it is, verse 22. We know that the whole creation of irrational creatures You tell me how a man hears a word from God and spends a hundred and twenty years building an ark. And at the conclusion of that ark being built, he didn't have to set a bunch of traps. He didn't have to go out on a hunt with the responsibility that I gotta find two of every clean and, or two of every unclean and seven of every clean. No! I realize all the details aren't there, but I think it's pretty safe to say that when the time came, all of a sudden an elephant that did not know how to hear from God, an elephant that did not know how to pray, something inside of an irrational creature caused there to be a march that began as he moved towards the place of salvation. The whole creation of irrational creatures 
has been moaning together in the pains of labor until now. Waiting on a manifestation of the sons of God. I don't think I need to say it, but let me just say it real quick before I go too much longer. We're not talking here about sons in the male gender, naturally speaking. This is not speaking of gender. This is speaking of a position or a role. And so this is speaking to male and female when it's talking about the sons of God. The Living Bible says it this way, For all creation is waiting patiently and hopefully for that future day when God will resurrect His children. For on that day, thorns and thistles, sin, death, and decay, the things that overcame the world against its will at God's command, will all disappear and the world around us will share in the glorious freedom from sin which God's children enjoy. For we know that even the things of nature like animals and plants suffer in sickness and death as they await this great event. Sorry, Al Gore. There are changes, but you got it wrong as to why. And there's more changes coming, but you're not going to solve it with some kind of global climate initiative. The only thing that's going to solve the issue that you're addressing that we are facing is for the sons of God to be manifested in this earth for who they are and for what they are. Oh, Jesus. The word in the Greek for groaneth according to Strong's means to moan jointly figuratively, listen, listen, this one, this one is interesting. The word groaneth, it means to experience a common calamity. Creation is experiencing some calamities because it is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. It is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, Jesus. The word travaileth means, according to Thayer's, to feel the pains of travail with. To be in travail together, metaphorically, it is to undergo agony like a woman in childbirth. So creation is groaning and wrestling with the pains of, of childbirth, waiting for the sons of God to be manifested. 
I declare to this congregation tonight, the church is not going down. The church is not done. The church has not already seen its best days in the past. The greatest days of the church are not in the history books behind us. But I declare to this church tonight, not only about the church universal, but this church as well, that the greatest days are still in front of us. That eye has not seen and ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God has already prepared for those that he loves and those that love him. Oh, hallelujah. Creation travails and groans for a manifestation of the sons of God. It waits for the sons of God to live like and act like and be the sons of God. It waits. It waits. It waits. Here's... I believe in one simple verse is a clue and a key to what is the answer. And if I could say it this way, perhaps even what we may be lacking. Galatians 3 and verse number 3. Are you so foolish? Are you so foolish? I think I could say it this way and it'd still be pure to the meaning of the verse. Are you so arrogant? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Having started in the Spirit, are you now made perfect? Are you now made complete by the flesh? Are you now going to improve through the flesh upon what started in the Spirit? The lady that sat on this organ, I don't think this is the original one, but figuratively... The lady that sat on this organ for 35 plus years leading worship in this church would be the first one to tell you she is not the most skilled of musicians. She's not the most technically skilled of musicians. She's definitely a good musician. But it wasn't skill and talent and ability. It was the understanding That we've got to start in the Spirit. We've got to stay in the Spirit. We've got to finish in the Spirit. 
I thank God for all of you amazingly talented musicians that we now have in this church who perhaps may be more skilled than Mother Wright may be. But I will trade her lack of skill and anointing for anybody that has skill but no anointing. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot finish in the flesh through natural ability. What started in the spirit. The message Bible says it this way. Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts... What was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? If you've never read it before, you ought to read towards the end of the book of Job, God's questions to Job. After all of Job's griping and complaining and God listening, he finally said, Job, stand up. Get ready like a man to take what I'm about to ask you. And God, one question after another, he don't even give him time to answer. He fired. Where were you when I did this? Where were you when I did that? Where were you when I set the bounds on the ocean? Where, where were you when I created it? Where were you, Job? You and I weren't here in 1970, but God was. You and I weren't here on Windsor Avenue when they had to start seating the latecomers on the platform because that was the only room left. You and some of you were, most of us, I was there in body, but I wasn't there in, you know, I, I was only a little kid, but most of us weren't there, but God was. Most of you weren't at that old YMCA that was very unattractive. There was nothing appealing to the natural eye about it. There was nothing that caused you driving by to say, that's such a beautiful facility, I'd like to go in there. But God was there. I drove, I forget who it was, somebody recently, I, I, who was that? Oh my goodness, I, I, I don't remember. Some preacher in the last several months that was here and, and I, I was giving them a little bit of tour and I drove them up by that old warehouse and I drove down the front side of that long building and we came back up the back side and I do remember, I, I got enough memory of this, I, I pointed at that those two big old garage doors and I said that right there was the air conditioner. When it got too hot, all they were able to do was raise the big old garage doors in the back to try to create some kind. We come in here, I know it gets a little warm, but that's only because most of us are doing something. But the bottom line is we, we really do have the system to keep it cool and comfortable. We didn't have all that, but God was there. We didn't have cool colored lights and screens with great graphics and glass pulpits and everything. We didn't have, we didn't have nice big padded chairs like we had now, but God was there. 
And somehow we cannot afford to think that we have reached a point to be able to say, okay, God, good job there, but we will take it from here. What was started in the Spirit must be continued in the Spirit. And I pray tonight that beginning tonight there would be a renewing in this place of a working and a moving of the Spirit of God and that we would Get a fresh reliance upon the fact that without you, without you, without you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. Oh, Jesus. Numbers, numbers are not everything. In fact, they're not the most important thing, but numbers are a helpful thing. I don't know, I think it's a little bit corny, but somebody, well, you know, I mean, there's even a book of the Bible called Numbers, so I, whatever. Numbers, numbers are not everything, but numbers are a way in which we can help to judge some things. You know what? We've, over the last several months, both Thursday nights and Sunday nights have taken a major decline in attendance. We, we need to get a bunch of us together, Brother Middleton, and see if we can figure out a new program. See if we can figure out a new idea. See if we can come up with a new concept to see if we can draw people. We got some brilliant minds. We got some creative people here. Surely between the creativity in this room, we've got enough ability to figure out how to increase church attendance. No. I know this is going to be really too simplistic for a lot of folks. Hopefully none of you, maybe just for the outside observers. But there's really no problem that we have. There's really no issue that we're facing that if we would stay in the Spirit. If we would stay in the Spirit. The Spirit has the ability and the power to solve whatever the issues and the problems are that we may have. Those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit. I wonder how many of us in this place tonight could truly say our lives are being led by the Spirit of God. If you're a son, then you're led. And if you're a son that's being led, then you've got the right to expect to be a part of the manifestation of the sons. I, I, I was this, this Friday or this weekend, all of this weekend, the church in Lexington Park, Maryland, was having their dedication for their new building. God has blessed them with a beautiful new facility and so amazing. They've spent, I don't know how many years they were in their other facility, but it was, it was off some side streets and a very... Uh, not the best areas of town they had. I think they had 10 parking spaces that belonged to their church. Literally, that's not a 10 parking spaces that belonged to their church. 
And God blessed them with this beautiful piece, 40 acres of land on a major four-lane road in Lexington Park. So they were having their dedication for that building this weekend, and I was there Friday night and then went back yesterday uh, evening for it as well. And Friday night, Brother Victor Jackson was the preacher, and he was preaching using Second Chronicles chapter 6. And there's a verse that he read, and as he read it, part of it just really caught my attention. Second Chronicles 6, starting with verse number 1. Then said Solomon, The Lord hath said, that he would dwell in the thick darkness. But I have built a house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel, and all the congregation of Israel stood. Now, the next, don't go there yet, but the next verse is the verse. But just before I read it, just to make sure everybody understands the basic context of this. David had a strong desire to build God a nice dwelling place. He looks at the ark, the presence of God that was dwelling in a tent. Nothing attractive, nothing beautiful about it. And David says, I am living in a beautiful house. You're dwelling in that tent. It's not right. I want to build a house. The, the prophet said to him, well, go ahead and do it. And then he talked to God about it and found out God wasn't on the same page with the prophet. So he goes back to David and he says, you can't build the house. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to let your son build the house. And so David spent time, effort, energy preparing resources for Solomon to build the house. And so Solomon does what he was instructed to do and fulfills the desire of his father and builds God a temple. Solomon's temple is thought to be one of the greatest architectural buildings of all of history. But what stood out to me was this in verse 4. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. And it's these next few words. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with His hands fulfilled that which He spake with His mouth, to my father David saying, and I won't read all. Solomon takes on the responsibility 
of building the house that his father wanted to build for God. He got the materials his father left and perhaps some more and he got the workers together and he orchestrated what was to be done and he he put it all together and had it all built and yet at the dedication of it he says that God with his hand He didn't say, look what we have accomplished. He didn't say, look what we have built. But he said, look what the Lord has done with His hands. You and I have got to be willing to be participants in what God is doing, but at the end of the day, step back and not say, look what we have done, but to be willing to say, look what the Lord has done with His hands. Because what gets started in the Spirit must get finished in the Spirit. It cannot be finished through any fleshly ability or means. It's got to be done by the Spirit. Oh, God. I, I, everybody seems to be coming up with their own answers and solutions to what the problem is today. And it's kind of sad that most of the solutions are, well, we'll just, this, this doesn't seem to be working, so we'll just cut it out. This doesn't really seem to be doing what it used to, so we'll just stop it. No. No. The solution is, we need to get back into the Spirit. Because if we can get in the Spirit, and the Spirit is moving, and the Spirit is working, the Spirit is going to make up for the shortcomings that we have. And the Spirit is going to make up for what we are unable to do. And so we've just got to recognize, we've got to get out of our flesh and trusting and relying on our ability. And we've got to get back in the Spirit. Tell all of you musicians and singers what's going to happen one day. I've, I've started to do it before, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and give you, give you insight. One of these Sunday mornings or Sunday nights, I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to ask you how many of you have spent time during the week really praying for the service you're about to play and sing for. And if your answer to me is I haven't really, then my response is going to be to you, thank you very much, go have a seat. Because you can't lead us into the Spirit if you don't spend time in the Spirit. I'm not getting on you. I think y'all ought to know by now how much I love you. I'm just, you're, you're the, you're the real obvious easy ones I can pick on to send a message to everybody else. I'm You told me to do me, so I'm gonna just try to do me. I'm getting so sick and tired of all the pressure and feeling like we just need to stop this and quit that and cut this out and, and, and just stop because it ain't working or you know what, why don't you just leave us alone and let, no, what we need to do is get back into the spirit because if somehow we can get in the spirit, you're not gonna miss what, you're not going to want to miss what God is doing. If you know God is doing something and working somewhere, you're gonna be willing to do whatever you got 
to do to be where God is working. The problem is when we're just doing it in the flesh, that loses all of its interest. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Joel chapter 2, verse number 18. Then will the Lord be jealous for His land and pity His people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto His people. The Lord will answer. The Lord will answer. I don't care what it looks like. The Lord will answer. I don't care what it feels like. The Lord will answer. I don't care what the naysayers say. The Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen, but I will remove far off from you the northern army, and I will drive him into a land barren and desolate, with his face toward the east sea, and his hinder part toward the utmost sea, and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things fear not O land fear not O land can I say it this way fear not O Antioch fear not O Antioch but be glad and rejoice for the Lord will Do great things. The Lord will do great things. Fear not. The Lord will do. Great things. The Lord will do 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 great things the Lord will do great things the Lord will do great things fear not the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do sp- the wilderness, not not the areas where you expect it. The wilderness will spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice 
in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down from you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. That's harvest. That's harvest. That's harvest. He said they are going to overflow. Here it is. I will restore. I will restore the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And my people shall never be ashamed. And my people shall never be ashamed. We're not going to hang our heads as the poor old Pentecostals, but I, his people will never be ashamed. And you shall know, and you shall know not hope, not wish, not wonder, but you will know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. I told you all last Sunday night, what I was doing this past Monday night, I and several others went up to Brother Reaver's church in Baltimore. Brother Jackson was preaching there. And I got to tell you, I was a little bit stirred at the end of that service. You know, we kind of get this little thing thing on our shoulder it wouldn't be a chip because a chip is sort of negative but we so it's probably not the best terminology for it but we sort of get this little thing on us that you know well we're Antioch we're Antioch I don't know maybe I didn't pray enough maybe I haven't been praying enough maybe my preaching isn't good enough but I got to tell you, man, these last couple of services I've been in watching the response to the preaching. I had to say 25 times, the Lord will do great things to get five of you to stand up. Oh, it ain't about a response. Oh, yeah, it is. There's got to be an amen. There's got to be an agreement. There's got to be an agreement with the Word of God. You just looking for a response from us, Brother Wright? You got it. Absolutely, I am. My name's David Wright, not Chester Wright. Chester Wright, don't mind if you sit there and soak it all in and don't do nothing. I'm not Chester. And I got to tell you, 
Not trying to be mean to anybody, but it really bothers. I, again, I, maybe I'm just not praying enough. Maybe I just need to go on some long fast and prayer to get more anointed. Because some of y'all are like the rock of ages. You made up your mind. I shall not be moved. I know there's one context for that song, but there's a bunch of other contexts when it comes to worship and it comes to prayer and it comes to preaching. Your response should not be, I shall not be moved. We can walk around with our little swag if we want to because we're Antioch. But I've been some places the last couple of days where I've seen a hunger and a desire for God that I got to tell you, I haven't quite seen it at that level here right now. And so the Lord said to Joel, I will restore. I've heard it all my life. I've used it in my own ministry that God's going to restore the finances that the devil's taken from you. And God's going to restore family members that have been back. And all of that very may well be true. But I come tonight with a hope and a faith that there's something deeper than your finances being restored. And while I want your loved ones to be saved, I've come tonight with a hope that there's something more being restored than just your family, your loved ones. But I've come tonight that somehow God would restore to this church that what started in the Spirit must be finished in the Spirit. tonight brother Whaley with a hunger and desire that the angelic manifestation that we all used to know about in that other building that God would restore in this place thank you brother Kimbrell for what you shared with me before service he didn't know what I was going to preach and I wasn't looking for confirmation but he shared what he felt like he saw or experienced this morning and that was an angelic visitation some of y'all know the days when this floor that we're standing on was not here and this building that we are in right now except beyond the glass doors and to the exit doors was one large open room. And for just about as long as I can remember, there were four sets, four sections of orange pews. And yes, I mean orange in the purest sense. Actually, the way it was is right about where those glass doors are to my left. That was where the platform was, and it faced out this direction. For those of you that were never here or have never seen pictures, not mistaken, there's one on the wall in the foyer, the hallway as you go out. 
what I remember and for as long as I remember on the outside of those orange pews right about here and probably a little bit outside those glass doors were a section of brown metal folding chairs. It was a very common thing especially on a Sunday evening the exit the entry doors were not somewhere in that vicinity over there where brother Vernon is two sets of double doors maybe a little bit farther back two sets of double doors that you entered that sanctuary and it was the norm sister gross walk in that sanctuary lights dim if I remember correctly, if memory serves me correctly, over on this side, somehow, I don't know how it happened, but over on this side, there'd be a group of ladies. And over on that side, there'd be a group of men. Walk through those doors. The intensity and the passion of the prayer was taking place because we knew we did not have the ability to do through the flesh what started in the spirit I appreciate where we've come again I am so thankful for these musicians and singers that God has gifted us with And they aren't just talented, they are anointed. But oh God, give us the day again. When you walk into this sanctuary, the overriding sound is not the musicians in sound check. And the overriding sound is not the fellowship of fellow saints. But let it be that when you step into the sanctuary, that what you are moved by and what you are drawn into is the Spirit. So my prayer tonight is God, what the canker worm and the palmer worm and the caterpillar has destroyed I pray God that you would restore take us back to the spirit take us back to the Spirit. Take us back to a reliance and a dependence upon you because without you we can do nothing but with you all things are possible. Restore in this house, in this church.
the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Restore, God, restore anything and everything to do with the Spirit that the enemy has damaged or destroyed. I pray, God, that you would restore. Come on. I feel a cry. I not only hear a cry, but I feel a cry in the spirit. I know I'm not the only one in this place with a hunger and a desire. I know that I am among people that have a hunger and a desire for the spirit to do what only the spirit can do. Oh, restore. I see some of you elders, and I don't mean elders in a leadership context. I see some of you elders already doing it, but I wish you would walk through this sanctuary and lay a hand on this younger generation that there would be an impartation because you know what it means to walk in the Spirit. You know what it means to depend on the Spirit. And this is a great generation with a lot of potential, but we've got to rely on the Spirit. Oh, restore, restore, restore. Oh, don't let us be foolish Antiochers. Don't let us be foolish Antiochers. That we think somehow we can finish through the flesh what started in the spirit. We didn't get here through intellect. We didn't get here relying on talent and ability. We didn't get here through human skills, God. We got to where we are because of the Spirit. And the only way to get to where you've said we are going is through the Spirit. Oh, God. It's your hands. It's your hands that does the work. It's your hands that builds the house. It's your hands that accomplishes it. We are just the tools in your hands. It's all about you. We're coming back to the heart of it. We're coming back. Jesus at the center. Jesus at the center. Jesus be the center of this church. Jesus, be the center of this church. Jesus, be the center of this church. Jesus, 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 be the center. Jesus, be the center. 
forgive us. Forgive me, God, for any way in which I've relied upon the flesh to do what must be done through the Spirit. Forgive me, God, if I have led this congregation in any way by a reliance on the flesh. I want to be dependent upon your Spirit. I want to rely upon your Spirit. I want to trust that what you started in the Spirit will be finished in the Spirit. Stir, stir, stir within us a hunger. Stir within us a hunger for the Spirit. Stir within us a hunger for the Spirit. We want to be your sons. Therefore, we want to be led by your Spirit. We want to be your sons. So we want your Spirit to lead us. God, Anne Arundel County needs a manifestation of the sons of God. Our region needs a manifestation of the sons of God. I know we're not the only ones in the area, but I pray tonight that you would let us be a part of the fulfillment of the sons of God being manifested throughout this area. Oh, we confess tonight, God, that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit. It's not by our ability. It's not by our intellect. It's not by our skills. But it must be a work of your spirit. All of you precious young people involved in P7 and involved in campus ministry, you're not going to get to the next level through your flesh. You're not going to get to the next level of what God has through your own ability and efforts. It's got to be the Spirit. It's got to be the Spirit. We can't come up with a program to fix it, God. We can't come up with a program to solve it. 
The only thing that can solve what we have need of is we've got to let the Spirit do what only the Spirit can do. We've got to let the Spirit finish what the Spirit started. Without you, we can do nothing. We confess tonight, Lord, that without you, we can do nothing. We acknowledge tonight, God, that without you, we can do nothing. We acknowledge that without you, we can do nothing. But through you and with you, all things are possible. Some of you have already gone there, so stay there. But others of you need to get to that place where you don't have the words. You don't have the words to say it. But all there are is some groanings that express the hunger that is in your spirit for His Spirit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jesus. Jesus, be the center. Jesus, be the center of this church. Jesus, be the center. Don't let any personality be the center. Don't let any program, don't let any talent, don't let any skill, don't let any effort, don't let a facility. But Jesus, you be the center. It's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus, be the center. Jesus be the center. Jesus be the center. It's the work of your hands. It's the work of your hands. Your house being built is the work of your hands, God. We can't do it. We can't take the credit for it. It's not because of us. It's not because of what we have done. All we can do is say, look what the Lord has done. We may have been a conduit, but look what the Lord has done. We may have been a vessel, but look what the Lord has done.
We want anointing, God, more than we want skill. We want your anointing more than we want natural talent and ability. We want your anointing more than we want eloquence and intellect. We want your anointing more than enticing words of man's wisdom. We want your anointing and we want the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Creation is not waiting, God, for our enticing words. Creation is not waiting, God, on our eloquent speeches. Creation is not waiting, God, on what we can do through our ability. But it is waiting on the manifestation of your power and your spirit, God. Renew and restore. Renew and restore. Renew and restore. Renew and restore our reliance upon your spirit. Renew and restore our walking in the spirit. Renew and restore our confidence in the spirit. Remove every fear and every doubt, God, and let us know for certain that you will do great things. But those great things will not be a result of our abilities and our skills. Those great things will be a result of the Spirit doing what the Spirit does. We don't want better programs. We don't want better programs, God. We want more of the Spirit. We don't want better programs. We want the Spirit. We want the Spirit. We want the Spirit. We don't want solutions to problems that we generate through our natural intellect and abilities. We want the Spirit to do what the Spirit is able to do. Finish, God. Finish in this body. In the Spirit. What started in the Spirit. Finish in this congregation. Through the Spirit. What started in the Spirit. 
In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, Lord. By your spirit, 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 in a supernatural way, with a supernatural work, let it be done. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. This isn't our house, God. It's your house. This doesn't belong to us. It's yours, God. This is yours. Flood this place. Fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome. To be overcome. God, if we don't get past the first song, we don't even get past the first song. We want to be overcome by your presence. If we don't get beyond burden bearing in the prayer for needs, we want to be overcome by your presence. God, if we get to the preaching, don't let the preaching finish and don't let the service finish without us being overcome by your presence. Oh, God. Ayemo satayando lo moshei. Ayey aramo ki andayey aramo ko yandala mayey. Ikoromonde yey alamo rotayando lo moshandayatala. Ikoromonde yey aratama satayat. Yeah, <laughs> 
Jesus. Jesus, be the center. Jesus, be the center. God, if there's any way in which we've taken over the center and we've replaced you tonight, God. Tonight, God. Take back over that place that belongs to you and you alone. Be the center. 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 It's all. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Ikoramanda ye alaramoroko sandayatalama. Yalama rondolomo koreye alamo satayandolomo kushatamaya. Ikarama satayandolomo koreye ayatolomo Yala In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be it unto us according to your word. Be it unto us according to your word, Lord. Be it unto us. God, the same way in which your spirit overshadowed Mary and produced within her, let your spirit overshadow us and produce through the spirit what must be produced by the spirit. Ike ala mandare kie ala moko robose. Ikara mando robosi ayelo moko shatama. Ye ala la marando lo moko to ikatama satae. Iala moro shatae koromonde ye.
Thank you. 